I am a civil engineer, a highway designer who designs roadways for a living. I want to give you my input when it comes to the most recent crash, the most recent Tesla crash that happened in Spring, Texas. So stay tuned. And welcome back to the channel. The reason why we're talking about this Tesla crash and the reason why I want to give you my input as a civil engineer is because of Tesla stock. Obviously, everything is going to tie together. And I'm also going to give you my input on what could happen to the Tesla stock in the future as well because of this crash. Now, on April 17th, there was a deadly crash that happened in Woodlands, Texas. Two people ultimately ended up dying because of this crash. At the time when police came to the scene, there was no one in the driver's seat. They believed that nobody was driving the vehicle. There was one person in the passenger seat and there was one person in the back seat as well of this Tesla Model S. So the police believe that no one was driving the vehicle. However, Tesla, on the other hand, thinks that that is very unlikely. They think it's likely that someone was driving the vehicle because the steering wheel was deformed. They did not provide any other clarity on the deformation of the steering wheel. They just said that it's likely someone was driving because the steering wheel was deformed. Now, industry organizations such as the NTSB and the National Highway and Traffic Safety administration are both investigating this crash and they are going to provide reports within the upcoming months which might provide more clarity it's going to give us insight on what they believe occurred in this crash as well and that would be added data in my personal opinion two days after the crash elon musk stated that autopilot was not engaged based on data logs that tesla had of this vehicle however on april 28th tesla had their earnings call and Lars Moravi, who is the VP of Vehicle Engineering for Tesla, stated that Tesla's adaptive cruise control was engaged and accelerated to 30 miles per hour before the car crashed. Auto steer, however, according to Moravi, was not active. Now, the owner's manual for the Teslas, all Teslas in North America, state that adaptive cruise control and auto steer are autopilot features. So we know that at least one autopilot feature was on, and that contradicts what Elon Musk stated two days after the crash, that no autopilot features were engaged based on data logs from Tesla. Now this obviously is not a good look for Tesla and Elon Musk. They had to correct their statement and given the scrutiny of this crash that does not bode well in the public eye. They should have just waited a couple more days to get the evidence clear and then came out with a statement. Now in my research I found a lot of conflicting and misinformation out there that I just want to clarify on this video before we dive into the actual analysis of the crash location, the roadway design, the safety features, and I give you my overall opinion as a traffic engineer. The first misinformation that I noticed was the fact that there were reports that the fire was blazing for four hours. It took that long to take control of the fire. However, the fire chief said that that is absolutely incorrect. 
it did not take hours to control, they got it controlled pretty quickly within a couple of minutes. I also saw rumors and reports that this crash occurred at like 60 miles per hour. However, based on the earnings call from Tesla, from the VP of engineering himself, they say that cruise control was at 30 miles per hour at the time of the crash. Now the last thing and probably one of the more important things was was someone behind the wheel when this crash occurred? Police say no. Tesla thinks it's likely because of the deformation of the steering wheel. Ultimately, I don't know if we're ever going to get a clear answer on this because we won't know for sure ever in my personal opinion. There is no conclusive evidence that's going to come up that says that someone was behind this wheel outside of a video itself that shows what was happening inside the car before the crash occurred, which Tesla does have a camera in the vehicle, but I don't know if this one had the camera or if it recorded any footage or not. They probably don't have that data. Otherwise, I think they would have released it by now. So let's get into the factors that I think are important here. First, the roadway itself, the roadway design. Second, speed. The third, the fire, and then we're going to talk about some safety measures as well. Now, as far as roadway design goes, this was a curved residential street um, in a development with no lane markings. At the crash location, there is no street view in Google. However, I pulled up an image from a street not far from here in a very similar residential development and the speed limit there was 30 miles per hour so i think most likely this development is also posted at 30 miles per hour which would make sense because of the location and the type of development it is and it also makes sense why cruise control was at 30 miles per hour at the time of the crash as well now based on the roadway design, the image that I pulled from Google Earth and the quick measurement that I did, the radius of the curve is approximately 250 feet. Now based on current design standards, the roadway is rated for 30 miles per hour at that radius, but it requires a super elevation at 6%. Now, I'm not sure if the roadway was actually banked, if it actually had a super elevation, but I don't think that this really matters too much. I honestly think that 30 miles per hour is fine for this roadway in this development. Now, let's talk about speed. Based on what we just discussed, a speed of 30 miles per hour is posted and rated appropriately for this type of roadway. Now we need to dive more into why speed matters because even though that the roadway is posted for 30 miles per hour, there is more to talk about here because there is a big difference in hitting an object at 30 miles per hour as opposed to hitting that same object at 50 miles per hour. The higher the speed at collision, the higher the probability of a fatal accident. And it increases not linear, it is almost an exponential increase. Taking a look at this figure, we can see at 30 miles per hour, the risk of a car driver fatality is somewhere near 5%. At 50 miles per hour, it is near approximately 60%. That is a huge difference in probability. 
Now, based on Tesla data itself that says the speed was 30 miles per hour in cruise control leading up to the accident, if that is the speed that the accident happened at, that is not good news for Tesla because the probability is so low at 30 miles per hour and the fact that you had two people in this vehicle and both of them died, the probability should be even less than 5% that both of them died because of this accident. So it's not good news for Tesla, based on the speed that this accident occurred at. Now, based on some photos, there are some tire marks. This could be because of braking, or this could just be the car vaulting over the curve and hitting wet soil as when it returns to the ground, because when a car does go over a curve at 30 miles per hour, there is going to be some vaulting. The front tires are going to lift up and they are going to be airborne for some time. But if these are braking marks, that also does not go well for Tesla, because that means the speed at impact was reduced because there was some braking. However, if there was braking, then maybe there was someone in the front seat because in order for them to brake, they have to put their foot on the brake pedal. <laughs> it's obvious, I know. <laughs> now, the third thing that we need to talk about is this fire. Based on the data that we have, this is, in my personal opinion, is the most likely cause of the fatality. From the 911 calls, we hear callers saying that they heard a loud explosion and that the fire was raging. We heard kind of a boom and we looked outside and here it is and the flames are getting larger and larger. It's spreading rapidly. It's across the street. It is raining little pieces of fire on my driveway as we see it. It looks like a car is crashed into a tree. Uh, the car's exploded. Flames about 30 feet tall. And the trees are all on fire and the car's on fire. Now let's say that the driver did have cruise control on, but they didn't have auto steer. They were able to trick the system and sit in the passenger seat. And they thought that they had it under control and it was full self-driving, but they were sadly mistaken. The car was traveling at 30 miles per hour on cruise control. When they hit the curve, they did not have auto steer activated. So the car just to continue to go straight. It collided with this tree and then it got on fire. They were not able to escape the vehicle, escape the fire because the car would not open. Either the doors got pinned, the lock got stuck, they were not able to open the doors, they were not able to break the glass as well, and the fire just took control. In my personal opinion, unfortunately, that is what I think happened here with Tesla. I do not think it was an issue with the autopilot. That is good news for Tesla. However, I do think that it was an issue with a fire and an issue of them not being able to escape the vehicle. It's a very unfortunate event. It's an event that has a very low probability of occurring because fires in electric vehicles, believe it or not, are actually quite rare. But when they do happen, they are extremely vicious. And unfortunately, I think that is what happened here. Based on the roadway design and the speed at impact, I think it's very unlikely that both of these passengers suffered fatal casualties because of the impact of the tree with the Tesla Model S. However, regardless if autopilot was engaged or full self-driving was engaged, this car crash is bringing up a lot of questions and it's going to be a topic of discussion for regulators and it's going to change the timeline and the projection of autonomous driving and robo-taxis in my personal opinion. The first thing that I wanna talk about is over the air updates. 
We're talking about safety measures such as a camera that detects whether or not you're sitting in the cart in the driver's seat. We're talking about sensors that sense weight in the driver's seat. And there's going to be other safety features as well. To think that we are going to have over-the-air updates for Tesla models that are dated back in time that do not have these weight sensors or these cameras to be able to update them to full self-driving over the air is ludicrous. There are going to be regulations, there are going to be safety measures that need to happen in order for a car to be legally full self-driving. And these are updates that you cannot just do over the air. You cannot install a sensor over the air. You cannot install a camera over the air. Now the newer Tesla models, they might have all of those features and they can do over the air updates but the older models they're going to have to be traded in you're going to have to upgrade them you're going to have to add these features to them after the fact i don't know what's going to happen but it's very unlikely to think that the whole entire fleet the whole entire tesla fleet is going to be updated over the air and then boom like that full self-driving the next thing is bulletproof glass on the cyber truck if you get into an accident you need to be able to get out of that vehicle. If your doors are pinned, the only way out is through the window. Have fun trying to get out of a cyber truck with bulletproof glass when you are in an accident and there's a fire there. That is obviously a safety hazard in my personal opinion. It might be cool for a war zone, but it is not practical and it's not safe in my personal opinion. Lane markings. There are tons of debates whether you can activate full self-driving or autopilot in a roadway without lane markings. There have been videos, I will include a link to a recent video in the video description that shows that you can activate a Tesla in a uh, street with no lane markings. Now this might be an older Tesla, I don't know, but they need to be all the same if they are going to implement full self-driving. You can't have some vehicles that do it and some vehicles that don't. Now lane markings, driving off a of lane marking itself is very dangerous, especially in work zone conditions where they eradicate lane markings, they put new temporary lane markings when they shift lanes that are made with temporary paint. The intent of that paint is not to leave a lasting impact, a lasting marking on the roadway. So they fade a lot through traffic and time and they can be faint and it could be difficult to pick up in a camera. And in work zones, that is one of the most dangerous zones to be in because you have workers, pedestrians that are working alongside the road, they are at risk. And also you have usually narrower lanes, there's a lot going on, you have barrier, there's more things to hit and it's a much dangerous zone. Also, you got speed reductions. This is not going to be the typical speed of the roadway. The Tesla is going to have to know it's entering into a work condition and it needs to drop its speed from 55, 60 miles per hour to 25, 35, whatever the work zone speed limit is. The bottom line here is that we have price targets that are pricing in autonomous driving and robo taxis for Tesla in the next four to five years. And honestly, Given all of what we discussed and all of the uncertainty here, I think it's very unlikely 
to see nationwide robo-taxis in the next four to five years, which makes those price targets very unlikely to achieve. ARK Invest at $4,000 a share for Tesla is very high, and I think it's very unlikely given the fact that in order for Tesla to hit $4,000 a share, it needs to dominate the robo-taxi market. Maybe by 2025, we see some robo-taxis in select areas, but not nationwide. That is going to take a lot of time because we are going to have regulators, government is going to get in, they are going to have an input on this, all as well and it is going to take time and i do not think we get robo taxis nationwide by 2025 but all in all guys in my personal opinion this is not a crash that occurred because of full self-driving not being correct or autopilot not being correct this is user error that is bringing up a lot of concerns that are validated a lot of questions that are driving discussions we need to have and this in my personal opinion, is showing me why I think we still have a long ways to go. But that wraps it up for this video. If you like this video, please consider hitting that subscribe button, ringing that bell, and smashing that like button. And the best way to help support this channel is by joining the Patreon. It gives you access to a Discord server of around 500 investors where we learn from each other and we grow from each other. It gives you access to the portfolio. You get to follow it. And you also get early access to videos. But with all that being said, it's been real, it's been fun, it's been real fun, and this is We Are Investing, and together, we are invincible. See ya!